I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. And we are once again unfortunately dry this week, but we will soldier on without yeah. our comrade. So Seth, uh I have a confession to make all right. to you, first of all. Last week's episode was uploaded about forty five minutes ago because I thought I had hit the upload button on SoundCloud, but in fact I had. But you pressed the schedule it for a week and like <laughs> forty-five minutes later. Button. I forgot to hit upload to finish it, and I for- and then I just forgot about that tab, and then it's been sitting there for a week unuploaded. So that's my fault. That's my bad. So I mean. But to be fair, people who listen to this podcast, that has never happened ever before. <laughs> so this is a one-time anomaly, and uh, yeah, it's smooth sailing from here. We've never missed an episode, as you all know. Never, never missed one. Never uploaded three weeks late. No. Um, never nothing. uploaded. There's only half the audio. Yeah, the good episode. <laughs> um, so i re-listened to the episode before i uploaded it and things haven't changed that much really uh time compression works both ways yeah um except for two days ago here in our home state of georgia the atlanta police department uh killed an unarmed black man in a wendy's drive-thru yeah and there's a lot of seemingly no reason there's a lot of misinformation floating out there, around the, out there about what happened here, and I have now watched a video of someone that was in a car nearby. And I, I I know what happened. He fell asleep behind the wheel, parked in a Wendy's drive-through, and mm-hmm. rather than I don't know honk your horn or tap on the glass of his window and say, "Hey, buddy, wake up," they called the cops. And the cops showed up and talked to him for 20 minutes, and then they dragged him out of his vehicle. And they tried to arrest him, and he resisted. Now, again, he was arrested for nothing. For sleeping in his car at a Wendy's drive-thru. And he resisted, which I think was his right to do. Fuck the police. And in the process, he beat both these officers up. Not punching or kicking. He never struck them, but he threw them off of himself and ran away. And as he was running, they shot him in the back and killed him. Yeah. This is on video. You can, you can watch it. It's their cell phone video of it happening. Yeah. There was no reason. No justification for this at all. It was just a murder. Yeah. And this is one of those times where the people are all... The whole justification is, oh, well, he was resisting arrest. And it's like, sure, you could use that defense if he was being arrested for something. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't. He was a man who fell asleep 
at a drive through probably for a good reason. Probably tired because he might have to work who, who knows how many jobs. Just wanted to get himself a Dave's Double. And now he's fucking, and now he's dead. Because, you yeah. know, he was tired. This is only offense. We should say, by the way, his name was Rayshard Brooks. Mm-hmm. And the justification I've seen going around online amongst right-wingers and liberals, too, is that he stole one of the cops' tasers in in the scuffle. First of all, that's a lie. I watched the video. The, the taser gets knocked off the cop's hip. The other one had already used his taser on Rayshard Brooks, and he managed to get out of it. But here's the thing. Even if you did accept the idea that he stole the taser from a cop, it's a supposedly less than lethal weapon. So does that justify murdering him in cold blood? Is that punishable by death? Is that that what we're we're saying the new punishment is? Right. So if a cop shoots someone with a taser, are they then going to be charged with attempted murder or something? Is that what's going to happen? Because that seems to be the justification here. And it all goes back... Not all of it goes back. There's a lot of history to this. But it is so surprising to me that even right now, when there are all these riots going on, all these protests, the fucking, the straw has broke the camel's back, and shit is going down, you would think, you would think, if you are a police officer, even one of the dumbest ones, you'd be like, hey, how about for, you know, a month or two, we just don't kill any unarmed black men, you know? How about we just, let's just, hey guys... Huddle up, huddle up. Let's stop being racist for just like two months. Or pretend we're not racist for two months, okay? We'll see where things go and we'll reevaluate from there. But then it keeps happening. And then in response, that Wendy's gets burned to the ground. Um, I mean, not that it was Wendy's fault that this happened, but it was a symbol. Well, Wendy's is owned by an insane chud right winger, so I don't feel too bad I mean, about yeah, his property. Dave Thomas is pretty bad, pretty bad guy. But yeah, and it's just it was it's, it's a, a symbolic thing, and yeah, it's just now now it's it's getting burned down, and the Atlanta protests are getting bigger and bigger. I mean, protests in Philly and California and all these places are getting just outrageously huge. Well, last night they blocked the uh, I seventy five South. Um, I think you're using your headphone microphone because it's not coming through anymore. Sorry, yes, they blocked the I-75 south, um, and uh, and that was pretty crazy, because they got tear gas before that at the Wendy's, and then withdrew to the I-75, and I-75, in case you don't know, uh, folks listening, is the most important road in Atlanta, like, that c- connects yeah. all the parts of it. I imagine it's one of the busiest roads in all of America. Oh, for I, sure, I've driven on it. I mean, yeah, I've been on it too, but I'm talking about, like... I'm sure there's like places in like New York and California that are also busy. But this has to be probably top top five, top ten busiest roads in America, for sure. And so them blocking that was a huge thing. I don't know what happened after that. They blocked they blocked off like like the the fucking uh, streams and shit. So I don't know what happened. Yeah. I assume they got dispersed. But it's a uh, it's it's just like they can't help. Did you did you see that kid that got lynched in California? Yeah, a California kid. Uh, got lynched is now being um, pawned off as a suicide in front of City Hall in what was the name of the the, the city? Palmdale, Palmdale, California. Here's the thing. Uh, first of all, suicide by hanging is getting pretty rare, and public suicide by hanging is almost non-existent. Yeah, almost unheard of. Because if you're, because there's always a chance someone will intervene and stop you, right? Yeah. And also, doing it in front of City Hall at a fire station. 
I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't, that's fishy. Didn't add up to me at all. Yeah, especially considering all the stuff that's going on right now. Obviously, something's going on, and this was definitely a murder. Mm-hmm. And people aren't taking it very seriously. And they're saying, like, you know, uh, the city manager said, can we stop using the word lynching? And the crowd yelled back, hell no, at him. Because this kid had no indications of being suicidal. He had no reason to be suicidal, as far as we can tell, according to his friends and family. And no one can explain why it happened. So, it's, I mean, I can explain that it's a fucking lynching. It's what it seems like it is to me. Yeah, it, it... And there seems to be no motive at all, and it just looks like, you know, a, a literal fucking 1800, 1700-style lynching of a black kid um, in a supposedly very progressive state. Well, we, you know, we should say that lynchings happened for a very long time, yeah. here, in, especially here in Georgia. You're number one, by the way, in terms of lynchings yeah. in the, the country. Yeah. Uh, also want to say his name was Robert Fuller. He was a 24-year-old uh, black man, and it's insane that he was found like that, like hanging. I mean, what do you what do you say about that? Like, what what's what could even possibly explain it other than that it was a lynching, and that we're living in a modern-day police state? I guess. Yeah, and. And it's like one of the, it's, you don't know whether it was police, whether it was people defending the police, but it, it's it's really getting to a point where I mean I've been using the term boiling point for what feels like months now, and because it, it has been months, um, and yeah, things are really getting there, and it's I mean, and it's gonna get really it's gonna get a lot uglier than it is now, and I don't think a lot of people are willing to accept that. But it's going to get ugly, and people are going to have to accept that things are going to change, and there's going to be people. There's, I mean, all the people who are defending cops. There, there's going to be cops who are going to who are going to get what they deserve, and it's it's and yeah, it's it, there's really two. It, we're splintered so much. Like so, before before COVID even happened, it was do you support Trump? Do you not support Trump? It wasn't. It was never do you support Biden? It was do you support Trump? Do you not support Trump? Those are the two camps, and right. everyone was divided on that. And then COVID started, and it was like, oh, do you support locking down? Do you not support locking down? And then inside of that, it was like, oh, well, you know, people who support Trump don't support locking down, blah, blah, blah. And now we're at this point where it's like, oh, do you support police brutality, people getting murdered in the street, or do you support justice for people who've been murdered and police reform and defunding the police? And we're all splintered. We're all, we're, my people are like regular people who maybe don't keep in, keep in touch with everything and have just formed their opinions over time are just being pulled in so many different directions. And I think everyone is just, I don't know, people are really going to start to see how, how everyone else feels in this country. And it's going to be pretty ugly. People keep using the term new civil war. I don't know if we're going to get to a point where it's like an actual civil war, but we're going to get to something pretty close to it. Yeah, Unless sweeping be... reforms come in out of nowhere, stuff's going to get ugly. I keep calling it uh, Civil War 2.0. And I don't see a scenario in here where it, it, no empire lasts forever. You know, no. 
the Romans thought they'd last forever, look what happened to them. The British thought they'd last forever, look what happened to them. Every empire falls eventually. Exactly. They always say Rome wasn't built in a day, but it also didn't fall in a day. Exactly. It's going to take time, but it does feel like we are at the point where things are starting to dissolve. Because we don't have anyone in a high office who can... Like, FDR saved this country the first time from dissolving... Okay, okay, I guess Abraham Lincoln was our first one, right? Sure. Uh, That took an actual war to do. And FDR saved the country by instituting sweeping reforms that juiced up the economy and saved everyone's fucking life. And so that's what kept us together now. But there's no one in charge now. No, Trump is not going to be the one to implement any kind of reforms to help. No. And if Biden wins in November, which I severely doubt will happen, he is definitely not going to imp- implement any kind of reforms. Yeah. He does not give a shit. Yeah, people are saying that the COVID stuff and the the protests that are happening right now are kind of working in Biden's favor. And my message is, even if they are, like let's say that for some reason in November we're looking for some revolutionary leader and people are like, oh, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden and that because that's the way their brains work, I guess. He's not going to change anything. He's not for defunding the police. He mm-hmm. has several times refunded the police and overfunded the police. And so he's not for this. And... I mean, you can't just you can't just change. A, how is he seventy years old? You can't just yeah. change a fucking seventy year old guy. I mean, not for long. No. And you, you've got him or Trump, and what, Trump's not going to make it better. Biden's not going to make it better. I mean, we we have to break down the system. There, we need to break down the electoral politics. We don't. There should not be an election in November. There should mm-hmm. be an overhaul. There should be an overthrowing. Yeah, because there's no, because capital's not gonna let them reform out of this. Capital's too stupid. Like Roosevelt was able to get capital on board the redistribution of resources because he was one of them, and he understood the need for why it had to happen. He was able to point and say, "Hey, shit's gonna go off the rails if you don't do something about this, and you have to give up a little bit in order to stay alive." But no one's saying that today. No one's even entertaining that idea. Yeah. We've gotten to the point where it's like, you can't, if you're a fucking multi-billion dollar company, you can't lose a fucking dollar. Like, you, if, if COVID comes in and wipes out, what's Starbucks doing? They're closing 500 stores. It's like, Starbucks, you have more money than fucking God. Yeah. You can keep all these stores open. You don't have to do this. It's like... It, it we're you're, we've got to a point where everyone's so obsessed with like maximizing profits and just the, to where anything like they're saying right now because like we're seeing a second wave of COVID amid uh, amid all the stuff that's happening around us where this disease is still here we didn't magically get rid of it by opening up the states fucking there's a second wave of it it's pretty bad it's probably gonna be worse than the first one in a couple mm-hmm. weeks and. I mean, like, other states are saying, oh, we might have to go back to stay at home. And, like, fucking Steve Mnuchin and a bunch of people are like, oh, no, we, there's no way we can afford to uh, shut the economy down for a, another time. Yeah. I'm like, if you have built a system that cannot, you know, fail every once in a while and take a break, then you've designed a bad system. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I will say this. We're actually probably not seeing a second wave. We're seeing wave 1.5. 
because yeah. we never, ever, st once we hit a thousand deaths a day, we have not dipped below that as an average. So scientists are being like, some people are calling it wave two. They're like, no, wave two is still coming. We ever left the first wave. Yeah. And there might not even be a wave two because it might not ever go down. It might just keep going up into like one continuous, never ending wave. And they said that if we keep the way we're going right now, we won't see the end of this wave until December or January. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's when this shit started, there were countries who were like, we might want to implement an 18 month quarantine. And people were like, especially Americans, are like, oh, that shit ain't gonna happen. I gotta get my hair cut tomorrow, okay? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, sadly, those people won. I mean, they, in a lot of states, they got what they wanted. You can go out and do all the stuff you could before. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I, like I said, if I ever have to make, like, I'm, I'm, me and, and my wife, we are social distancing as much as possible. If we have to make a run for groceries or something, we are appalled how many people are outside driving like it's a regular day people are in the grocery stores no masks no anything um i mean it it, it is really and people look at you weird if you wear a mask like people people just, they, they literally stare at you and it's like i mean i'm sorry but it's what i have to do it's like i want to i want to stay as safe as possible and i don't i don't want this shit to spread and i'm i mean of course and that once again, I'm saying this from a privileged perspective. I do work in an industry where I can work from home pretty easily. I mean, I, I worked from home several times even before anything started just for convenience and for um, other stuff. And I understand that. And that's that's also a failing on our government's part. If the people, if, if you, if something's happening where people can't go outside, people can't work in industries where you have to go outside, you should be providing for them. Either you or the corporations. Mm -hmm. uh, once again, Starbucks has the money to pay its employees right now. They're not hurting for money. You see, there's a Starbucks every fucking five steps in any major city. They make money. Yeah, if, if for some reason, it's just like, obviously, in, in, in this pandemic, we still need people who are actually literally essential workers to continue working. Yeah. But we need to provide them the proper protection and medical care for if they get sick. Yeah. I mean, and it's not right. And economic safety nets. Yeah. What do they give us? $1,200. Which, for maybe if this was a two-week pandemic, like they said it was going to be originally, that would be awesome. We'd be like, okay, twelve hundred, we're good. On to the next week. But this shit's going on for months, and people yeah. people are losing jobs. They've they fudged the unemployment numbers, so it looks like people aren't unemployed anymore, but they are more mm -hmm. so. It's it's rising and rising. People can't pay for shit, and they're and now they're and they're like saying, oh yeah, we're not going to give out any more money to people. And I'm like. Okay, well then people are gonna riot, and they're like, no, they won't. And then, I mean, they're not. I mean, then they went and fucking you know killed an innocent person again. And now once again, people don't have jobs. People can't pay rent. They're already mad about uh, police brutality and injustice in the first place. You just gave them one more reason to get out there. They are rioting. Yeah. And not, I mean, and once again, a lot of the rioting and a lot of the tenacity behind it is coming from the fact that people don't have anything else to do. I mean. It, it, it kind of sucks like that because people could, should still protest even if we did even if we're, we were under better better scenarios but still it is part of it people are uh, people are able to just stay out and protest all day because they don't have any, they don't have a job to go to they yeah. can't pay for their apartment they're probably they might get evicted what else are they gonna do besides protest I mean oh man once the eviction protections end in August things are really gonna get crazy oh yeah they're, they are either going to have to start pay, start giving out more payouts, or they're going to see a lot of riots. And it's going to be, 
about everything now. You're not going to have one simple solution, which they can't even implement anyway. If you start suddenly creating millions of homeless people across the nation, you'll see some shit. Like yeah. they don't they don't teach you about it, but when the Dust Bowl happened and the economic crash of 1929, they don't ever tell you this, but like people were revolting in certain places. They were knocking down you know the, the doors to state capitals and taking them over and shit. Like out in the Midwest, people were serious about this shit, and that was one of the things that scared the the the, the capitalist class enough to be convinced by Roosevelt to go along with this, with this idea. Um, we don't have that yet, but we might soon. Yeah. And it's very possible. Because, again, there's no leadership. No one has any idea how to solve this problem. There are ways. I can save capitalism today if you let me. I could, I could, I could give you a plan right now. You give up a little right now, I'll save your ass for 100 years. But you yeah. won't do it. So it comes to this, you know? Bernie Sanders would have been the save capitalist candidate. He would have been the one who could... He opposes yeah. capitalism, obviously, but his reforms would not end it. They yeah. would just make it gentler. As much of a left-wing communist as everyone portrays him to be in the media, he is the guy who could save the current system. Mm-hmm. Uh, very easily. I mean, his plans are not. His plans aren't even that crazy. Like, they're not no, they're anywhere not near as crazy as I would make the plan as I was as I would make them. Yeah. But they they work and they would fix things. But people were just like, nope, sorry, that's that's going to lose me my dollar. If you could just give up a little for now, but capitalism can't do that. They can't. So, do it the hard way, I suppose. Yeah. And it does suck that it took... It take, It sucks that it takes people getting shot by the police to do this. Yeah. To get that kind of outrage or they need. choke to death with a knee on the back of their neck. That's all true. And murder by the police in general. Yeah. It, it sucks that it takes that to get this energy going, but it's where we're at. And we have to deal with it. By the way, Seth, you know what challenge coins are, right? Yeah. They're like achievements for military guys? Yeah. Well, the NYPD also has challenge coins. This, you want to hear... I don't, I don't want to know where this is going. <laughs> you want to hear about a couple of them? Sure. There's one I'm looking at right here. Uh, it has Zombie Land written on top of it, and it has a zombie pictured on it at the intersection of East 125th Street and Leston Avenue. And that's because this 25th Precinct covers East Harlem, which is home to multiple drug treatment clinics. And the cops refer to them as, as methadone users as zombies. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of headshot, uh, like, uh, imagery in their shit. And you got stuff like, oh, here we go. Uh, Detective Ralph Friedman justified four times. They have a p- picture of two pistols and four skulls with holes in them. Because he shot four people in the head and was justified each time, apparently. Wow. Uh, he shot one guy, Charles Williams, a burglary victim who had called the police for help. And this cop shot him in the head and got away with it. The victim? Yeah, he shot the victim with a burglary in the head. My God. He was okay, though, because he's a cop. He can't do anything wrong. Uh... This coin is actually shaped like, a, like some cards. The 42nd Precinct has a Viking cop beating up people, and their name is Warriors of the Wasteland. This is some pretty serious white white power type shit. Yeah. And then there's another one called the 66th Precinct, Fort Surrender. Interesting fact, back in 1978, um, a Hasidic Jew uh, was stabbed to death, and the NYPD didn't take it seriously, 
So Hasidic Jews stormed the 66th precinct, beat up police officers, and broke their shit. And so wow. it's it's now called called Fort Surrender. Oh, because they were they surrendered. But the the most egregious one I think is the eighty first precinct, which has uh, a picture of a rat in a straight jacket inside of an ambulance going to Jamaica Hospital Medical Center. And this is made because of a guy named Adrian Schoolcraft, who was a whistleblower on the NYPD in 0809. He was trying to bring attention to the, the widespread corruption in the precinct, right? Mm-hmm. They had when when he they got tired of him, high-ranking NYPD v- officials ordered an, an illegal SWAT raid on his apartment, physically abducting him and involuntarily committing him to Jamaica Center, Jamaica Hospital, uh, for six days. And at the bottom, it says right here a quote from the deputy chief. All right, just take him. I can't fucking stand him anymore. And about what happened with Schoolcraft is he recorded this stuff that he had. He had tapes of the corruption. Yeah. They came to his apartment and and saying he was emotionally disturbed. And they destroyed his recording equipment. The only reason we know about this is he had a second backup device, a pen recorder, that he also got it on. They didn't see. Wow. And they celebrate this. Like, this is this is cool to them. Yeah. But I think my favorite out of all these is this one right here, which is not a pre-saint or anything. It's actually a program the cops do, which you're going you're gonna to love this once I fucking find it. There's one with a Pokeball on it called Gotta Catch Em All. You arrest every criminal in the city? Is that what that one is? It's a narcotics unit, I guess. There's one with literally the Punisher on it. Like, the whole ass Punisher's on this thing. You gotta love when law enforcement uses uh, vigilante logos. Oh, yeah. Makes me feel very safe. But the one that I really like the most is the paid detail. There's a lot of Trump coins in here, by the way. A lot of pictures of Trump on here. Gross. But my favorite one... Alright, I'm gonna read this this in full. The the coin is a, a dollar sign the tower behind it and it says a slip a check a smile NYPD and here's what it says the paid detail unit oversees the program that allows cops to moonlight as security for private businesses including banks retail stores and office buildings wealthy New Yorkers hire armed and uniformed cops to guard parties of their multi-million dollar townhouses officers and detectives are paid $41 an hour in addition to a 10% administrative fee paid directly to the city the rate for sergeants is $51 an hour and for lieutenants $57 an hour half of all NYPD officers are registered with the unit and hundreds are performing secondary policing on any given day any given day a payment slip comes from the business after the work is done and is processed before the officer receives their check so it's like you're getting to be a private militia basically yeah in your uniform with your service weapon you are for all intents and cop purposes still a cop yeah but, but you you're not for, working yeah and you work for some random rich person. Yeah. And they're, they're proud of this. They're, they're proud that they do this. And it just sucks. Yeah. It's basic, and it's like, the idea is basically accepting bribes. And they're like, oh yeah, we do it. Yeah. And they're happy. They're, they're fine. They don't care. I mean, of course, after seeing the, 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 one, the guy shooting people in the head and it being okay, what, 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 what depths won't they sink to? Yeah. But you mentioned the, um, the one about the whistleblower. Mm-hmm. This wanted to bring me. This brings me to kind of like 
what I wanted to talk about mostly today, which is something I did literally right before we recorded. I watched um, this new free Netflix special on YouTube made by Dave Chappelle called 846, which is, you know, the amount of minutes it took for um, George Floyd to be murdered by a police officer. And so it's like a half-hour special, and he did this in his hometown in Ohio. Um, he got a stage, an outdoor stadium, you know, maybe maybe up to like 100 people were in it. They were all wearing masks, socially distancing, um, you know, pretty, you know, he felt like he had to do this because of a lot of reasons. And the contents of it, watch it for yourself. Um, very, very powerful stuff. I'm going to go ahead and tell you I broke down in tears when I was watching it. I mean, he... Dave Chappelle has had some ups and downs in his career when it comes to how he addresses like social justice and stuff. But I think this is, I mean, he really hits the nail on the head with some of the stuff he says. And he says it in a very powerful way, very moving speech. So look at it. But the one, one of the things he brings up in the special that I, I didn't think I'd ever see a stand-up comedian bring up ever is Christopher Dorner. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and if a lot of you don't know, um, I'll say when I first heard about Christopher Dorner, when it, when it happened... I gotta say, I do not think that all the information was given to the public in a very, um, very open way. So Christopher Dorner was a, a black police officer in Lo- the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, I mean, fucking ripped dude, very, very big guy. And he was, the, the way I'd heard it when I first saw Chris Dorner was he was a maniac police officer. He fucking went out, killed a bunch of police officers, um, had psychological problems, fucking nut job end of story um but he wrote a manifesto and he says a lot of i mean as far as a manifesto of somebody who's about to commit a lot of murders he decides to spend a lot of time talking about a bunch of random shit (laughs) in in it he calls dave Chappelle a genius he talks about christoph waltz's performances in inglorious masters and django unchained Mm -hmm. he um he he says he he says whatever was on his mind because he knew it was the last thing he was going to write so he just he went off and he just talked about it but the reason he made this manifesto and the reason he killed these police officers was because he had he was on duty with another police officer, um, a female police officer, white mm-hmm. lady, who the details haven't been given out, but he, he one time, apparently to a ha- handcuffed suspect, he saw her use an excessive amount of force. I can tell you what happened, Seth. Oh, tell me. He was handcuffed on the ground. He was a d- black uh, uh, man with mental deficiencies. Mm-hmm. She kicked him twice in the chest and once in the face. And for no reason. And Dorner took it up the chain. Yeah. Dorner, he reported it to the, the higher-ups. And what happened to Chris Dorner when he did that? He was denied at every And turn. he was fired. Yes. He was, of, of after a long time, after he tried to get this up the chain far enough, they were like, you know, I mean, probably similar to what what that guy said. He Somebody probably said, oh, I'm sick of this guy. Fire him. And they did it. And he was, he was fired as a police officer. And then he went, wrote this manifesto, said a lot of stuff. A lot of important stuff is in, is in that manifesto. People do not, the media did not like to talk about it. He, mm-hmm. he's, he really pointed out corruption. And, I mean, I guess, I guess it's not the smartest thing in the world to justify a, a murderer. But, I mean, I'm going to say he was a smart guy. He wasn't dumb. He, he, he really did say a lot of important stuff in that manifesto. And if you read the whole thing, you will... You'll really, you'll really understand where he was coming from. And then what he did was he, he took it in his own hands and he started killing police officers. How many did he end up killing total? He killed six total. He killed six. He killed two one night in a squad car. Mm-hmm. And then he, he after that, he more. was kind of being hunted. And then he got a couple out there. 
and they found him holed up in a cabin. And then four, five hundred police officers went to that cabin and fucking Swiss cheesed his ass. They, they burned it to the ground. They burned it to the ground. He was an unrecognizable, you know, cadaver at that point. Yeah. And the, the big thing that Dave Chappelle points out, um, the only thing I'll probably spo- like spoil from his, his speech is they, when they found out that a police officer, that some, not a police officer, a person was out there killing police officers, they went out, they squatted up, and they took, they took him down. They went to his house, they fucking brutalized this guy in this cabin. And for some reason, now they can't understand people are doing the same thing when they kill somebody in the streets. Somebody innocent. Somebody who... I mean, even if they did commit a crime, did not commit a crime that was punishable by being murdered. Um, even people who get... Even if you do something that's punishable by the death penalty, you don't get murdered in the street if you're white. Yeah. They do whatever they can to apprehend you. Dylan Roof, a, a, a kid who straight up murdered pe- a, a bunch of black people in a church. I think eight black people in a church. After he prayed with them, People were worried they weren't giving him the McDonald's Happy Meal he wanted when he was being interrogated. They thought that they were treating him too rough by not giving him a Happy Meal. Yeah. White kid. Not murdered. They were worried about him. And now, they can't see the logic of how, of how people in the streets feel, how everybody in America feels, when an innocent person is murdered by a police officer because they're a police officer. Because they have that power, and there's fucking four other guys standing around you, not doing shit about it, mm-hmm. and they, they, they're, they're, everyone's like, oh, why are, why are people so upset about this? And it's, it's hypocrisy. It is, it's insane. I mean, obviously, they probably do understand the logic in it. They just can't admit that. They have to, right. they have to be like, we are right. We are justice. And fucking people on the people on TV. I mean, Dave Chappelle calls out Candace Owens. I mean, one of the most ridiculous and stupidest people to ever get a job on television and Don Lemon a fucking piece of shit like all these people who get away with just saying stuff that just doesn't make any sense like at all Candace Owens is like oh George Floyd deserved to die because he was a criminal what what did George Floyd do he bounced a check I think no, he had sorry it was a, a counterfeit $20 oh, ca- counterfeit $20 mail yeah and I think in the past he had like I don't know maybe a drug charge or something. Once he again, was framed for drugs in Texas, just so you know. Once again, things that are not punishable by being shot or being choked out in the street. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is no form of corporal punishment that involves those specific things. You get if you do something that is punishable by death, you go through the system, and you spend years in prison before you die. You do not get to be murdered in the street. No person gets to decide that. Yeah. Okay, no no random cop who has to do almost no education in what is legal and what is not legal can decide that. Can decide that yeah. you get to die on the street. It's not Judge fucking Dredd. Exactly. And, I mean, and people are trying to bring up different solutions to how to reform the police. Mm-hmm. And I'm, they're not all great, but some of them are a start. And I think the, the big one people say is education. Right now, you can become a police officer if you are pretty well uneducated. Yeah. It is not a hard job to get. It's six months of training. You have to pass some physical tests. Other than that, it's very easy, and it's pretty easy to get an okay salary, depending on where you live, being a police officer. If you want to be a lawyer, and, and you know, 
fucking understand all the laws, you got to go to school for six to eight years. But to enforce mm-hmm. it, you're there for six months. And people are like, okay, well, let's fix that. And so what do you think about the whole idea of educating and licensing police officers? I think I think it's bullshit. I think it doesn't yeah. work. You, the, the, the cops cannot be reformed. They can't be fixed. Because what you're seeing right now is the police working correctly. This is what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to be fucking running around, I don't know, issuing citations and calling medical health professionals for all episodes in the street. They're supposed to shoot them. They're supposed to be killing minorities. That's what they do. Capitalism requires this behavior. Police under capitalism will always be this way. And there's no way around it. If you, you, you can't fix it, that fix the underlying conditions that cause criminality as we think of it, you know? The police are there to handle the externalities of capitalism. People who turn to crime because they're impoverished or because they, don't have, they, they, they can't get a good future, you know? So they turn to what we classify as crime. So oh, yeah, but I would say that even even under that definition, what they're the stuff they're doing doesn't in, doesn't in any way enforce capitalism. I mean, if they're if if they're actually like taking taking people, you know, like drug addicts and murderers, people who like you said have to turn to crime because the system has failed them, then at least in some way they are carrying out capitalism's dream and what what they need to do. But murdering a person like George Floyd doesn't do anything for capitalism. And it just, it goes to show, I mean, just how corrupt, I mean, just how power hungry and how the kind of people who become police officers just don't understand what they need to be doing. Talk about it. We talk about, what was George Floyd's crime? What did he do? He tried to pass off a counterfeit, maybe he didn't even know it was counterfeit $20 bill. Doesn't matter. They killed him anyways. What was that crime about? That was a property crime. He wasn't a murderer. He wasn't a rapist. He wasn't trying to assault anyone. He... He refused to cooperate with the police after cooperating, by the way. I, I say this, and I hate to use that word, but it's what they use. He shouldn't have had to cooperate in the first place. But what I'm yeah. saying is that crime was not one that warrants any kind of violence, right? Yeah. Because it was a property crime. It was no one, no individual human being was hurt by what happened there. There was no need for force to be used. You can mediate that in a trial, in a court, if you need to. It's twenty dollars. You can let it go. Who cares? Yeah. But what I'm saying, though, is that it reinforces capitalism because you have to have an underclass in capitalism. There has to be a reserve army of unemployed. In America, that poor is largely going to be associated with black people. And you need a police force to keep those people in line, right? You have to crushed any kind of any hope they could have of of changing things for the better and the police do that that's what they do and you have people like oh what about black police officers i'm like black police officers are very useful to reinforce this narrative <laughs> like we can't be oppressing you the same color as you but it's not about color it's about class it's about the structure of society yeah a black police officer is a collaborator they're no better than the fucking than the jews who help guard the concentration camps they're yeah. better than them. And it's just how it is. But, but the thing is, think about it. Detectives, right? These are who solve crimes, right? Let's put aside the fact that most detectives have a shitty clearance rate for every kind of crime. There's no reason that a detective needs to be wedded to the force of people who have guns and kill people in the street. An yeah. investigation does not require you to have a gun at all times or to even be associated with those people, right? Right? 
Because that's what people think of, right? Because cops, we've already found out, do not prevent crime. We have decades of statistics to show that cops, do more cops does not equal less crime. We have less crime because more people were employed gainfully in our society and we're making money and we're surviving. And now that's gone down, we're seeing crime sort of rise a little bit. People are kind of getting by anyways. But cops don't prevent it. Cops punish crime after it happens. If you want to prevent crime, you fix the underlying issues in society that lead people to think that crime is their only option. Yeah. That's how you fix it. That's you're true. Not gonna, you, putting another cop on every corner is not going to fix the fucking problem. It doesn't. It, it, that's that's authoritarian. Yeah, which is real authoritarian. Joe Biden pushed for a lot. He was like, let's have 100,000 police officers, let's make it 150,000 police officers. As if that's the solution. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. As simple as that. Yeah. And <clears throat> I did want to talk real quick about Christopher Dorner. Of um, did you know that he basically the LAPD proved him right after this in that they shot and killed and assaulted several vehicles that looked like his but weren't his that contained people who looked nothing like Dorner. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And then also... In his manifesto, Dorner says some interesting stuff about the LAPD. And when they tried to label him a bully, uh, he recounted a story about a Jewish officer during training who listened while other recruits sang Hitler youth songs about burning Jewish ghettos in World War II. And that Dorner stood up for him. But there was another time when they were he was in a van full of other officers and he, he thought he heard a white officer say the N-word. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I'm sorry, what did you say? And the white officer looks at Christopher Dorner and says the N-word. And he says, you can't say that, that's racist. And the officer said, I'll say it whenever I want to say it. And another white officer chimed in and said yes. And Christopher Dorner came across this fucking van and started to choke him. And I'm going to read to you what he says in his manifesto. He says... At that point, there was pushing and shoving, and we were separated by several other officers. What I, what I should have done was put a Winchester Ranger SXT 9mm 147 grain bullet in his skull and Officer Redacted's skull. The situation would have been resolved effective immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he says some other stuff, too, in this manifesto, which is, which is pretty great. First of all, we should just say... Dorner's politics were very muddled. Didn't quite know. I mean, he was a George Bush fan. He wanted to vote for John Huntsman. He thought it was sure. wrong. He thought it was wrong to 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 to, to call George or, or Obama racist shit. And he liked mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. I mean, just all over the place. This guy yeah, he had yeah, no yeah. coherent ideology. But he says this thing later on. Uh, he he makes some pretty good points. But he also people don't talk about this enough. He was a pretty good writer. He says that officers just see dead people as ATVs and wave runners and RVs because the, the overtime pay they're going to get for working the case. Yeah. And it says right here, um, oh, this is really fun. He starts making some threats at one point. And he says, um, 
He says, do you know why we are unsuccessful in asymmetrical and guerrilla warfare in CENTCOM theater operations? I'll tell you. It's not the inefficiency of our combatant commanders, planning, readiness, or training of troops. Much of Vietnam War, ACM, AAF, foreign fighters, Jihadist, and JAM have nothing to lose. They embrace death as it is a way of life. I simply don't fear it. I am the walking exigent circumstance you created. My he God. says later on, whatever pre-planned responses you have established for a scenario like me, shelve it. Whatever contingency plan you have, shelve it. Whatever tertiary plan you've created, shelve it. I am a walking exigent circumstance with no off or reset button. And he goes on to say, and this is some wild shit right here. It says right here, um, if you recognize my vehicle and confirm it is my vehicle through a DMV warrant check, it behooves you to respond to dispatch that your query was for information purposes only. If you proceed with a traffic stop or attempt to notify other officers of my location or for backup, you will not live to see the Medal of Valor you're hoping to receive for your actions. Think before you attempt to intervene. You will not survive. Your family will receive that Medal of Valor posthumously. It will gather dust on the fireplace mantle for years. Then, one day, it will go in a shoebox with other memories. Your mother will lose a son or daughter. Your significant other will be left alone, but they will find someone else to fill your void in the future and make them just as happy. Your children, if you have them, will call someone else mommy or daddy. Don't be selfish. Your vest is only a level 2 or 3A. Think about it. My lord. He can I mean, if that's not the most badass shit I've ever read, <laughs> I have no fucking... I mean, that's not something you say in a movie. Yes, and obviously this guy loves movies. He he makes it very apparent. But holy shit, that is like some badass writing. It is, and he. But he also has some interesting things to say later on. This is my favorite passage. It says, "It's kind of sad I won't be around to view and enjoy The Hangover Three. What an awesome trilogy! Todd Phillips, don't make any more Hangovers after the third. Takes away the originality of its foundation. World War Z looks good, and The Walking Dead season three second half looked intriguing. Damn, gonna miss Shark Week. Wow, what a way to go out. <laughs> um, incredible stuff." And yeah, well, I mean, whether it's okay to talk about Chris Dorner the way we're doing now, or however you feel about, you know, a man who is a murderer um, in any way being glorified, like I said, yeah, maybe we're wrong, but you gotta understand that the guy, the guy had a lot of truth, and he had a lot to say, and he was silenced, and he's one of the very few people who... To, like he, we watch all these fucking Netflix shows and all these vigilante shows. The guys had the same fucking origin. Yeah, they were they were told by the system that what they were trying to do was futile. So they take it in their own hands and they start killing people. And we're like, please, next episode. But when it happens in real life, we bury that shit. I promise you, when we when they first covered Christopher Dorner, we didn't hear half the shit we hear about him now. And. Mm. Once again, whether it's right or wrong, they silenced that. They silenced him when he was alive. They silenced him when he was dead. Yeah. And that's fucked up. And you have to understand, the systems that, like, this man was ex-military. He went for the military, became a police officer. He did the what we consider in society in America to be the two most valiant things a person can do. Protect their country in the front lines and then protect it on the streets as well, as the way they put it. And he went through both those systems and came out as the person that he was. And you have to understand, something fucking happened to that guy. That doesn't just happen. 
You don't mm-hmm. decide one day that you want to be in the military and you want to be a police officer and you want to do everything right as society puts it. And then you just want to start murdering people. Something happens to you. Those systems do something to you. And it happened to Chris Dorner and it happens to other people and it's happening in the streets right now. And if you can't understand that, it's because you refuse to. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where he was not mentally unstable. He no. was pushed to his edge. And when I first read this, back when it came out, because I did read it back then, I had a different perspective. When he, when he talked about the Nazi Hitler youth stuff and the guy saying the N-word, I thought, well, yes, police are racist, but no, like not all of them. And now I'm like, it doesn't matter if they're all racist it doesn't or matter. not. They support a system that is racist. Yeah, because like he said, he's in, like you're talking about the story about he, he's a van where they said the N-word. How many officers were there? Six? Nine, turns out. Nine of them? Two of them said the N-word? And how many of uh, Apparently he's the only one who had a problem with it? It doesn't matter. The guy sitting next to him might have been the the, le- you know, the least racist guy in the world, but he didn't say shit about it because he's in a system where he has to support the other guy who is saying it. Yeah. So whether, whether you're lily white or if you're the most racist person ever, if you're in the police force, you're supporting each other. You're supporting the worst guy on the link. The worst link in the chain, you are the one supporting him no matter how good you are. And I know that you and I, as white guys, we have been in rooms with other white guys where the where racist shit has been said. Oh, yeah. Because they think that they're safe, that they're in yeah, yeah, white-minded yeah. company. But this cop, he said it in a van where he knew there was a black police officer in there, and he yeah. felt safe doing it. So what does that tell you about the system? Yeah, it's... It's fucked up. And the fact that... They, the fact that I mean, not even... And we're not even talking about racism the fact that you support that, that you report an officer who did something that is unlawful and you get fired and you get chewed up for it i mean then what's the point of all this what's the point of being able to report up what's the point of internal affairs what's a, the point of having being able to report each other mm-hmm. if the the unlawful shit you you get by with the people who report it get get fired what's the point i mean it- it's all for show isn't it funny how in so much cop media propaganda that Internal affairs is depicted as being this evil organization or a pain in the ass, but in real life they're largely ineffective. Yeah, exactly. We all the fucking television shows you watch—they're the ones who end up getting in the way, and then in real life they seem to have almost no power, and they have to bend to the whim of the the police off the will of the police officers immediately. Yeah. So, I mean, they do nothing, and they immediately take the side of, of the police officers, whoever the majority is. And then it's over, and you get fired, and you light up a bunch of guys, and now you're just a dead guy that was being talked about on a podcast. And it's fucked up. Every real-life story of internal affairs I've heard has either been they did nothing because they were cowed by the cops and have to stick together with them, or they were actively collaborating to to conceal corruption and and shit like this. It doesn't do anything. Like... But we're but we're they play, play it up as a big enemy. Oh, the cops do police themselves, yeah. but they really you know, don't. You think that the police department is gonna, or that the just the federal police department is gonna have a uh, agency within it that is gonna expose the police departments? Mm-hmm. No, that's not how that works. That's how it should work. But they're not gonna let that happen. They want as much corruption to be squelched as absolutely possible. So they, they depower internal affairs, and then they just hire people in internal affairs who are going to work with you anyway. Mm-hmm. We act well, like they are going to hire the most moral, you know, objective people in the fucking world. They just hire other cops. Yeah. 
And Dorner talks about this in his manifesto. He talks about uh, internal affairs being useless because what they actually do is they retaliate against cops who report other cops for misconduct. He said they will find an, inc an incident in your past that was, they let slide, like, say you took $200 off of a drug dealer and kept it for yourself or whatever. That shit the other cops let slide back then, they'll now report it to IA and turn it on you because you turned on the other cops. Yeah. It's they eat they eat each other essentially, yeah. but it's all in service of the greater system. So IA is useless. Exactly. It's like if you worked in a subway and somebody was like putting their pubes in all the pepperoni, and you told your boss about it, that person gets fired, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Hey, thanks for telling us. That's bad." Surfsafe comes in and is like, "Yeah, you can't do that. Get out of mm -hmm. here." But what if you were in a subway and you told that somebody's putting pubes in the pepperoni, and they're like, "Well, guess what? You're fired. We want pubes in our pepperoni." Yeah. It's like. That would be... It's insane! Yeah, it'd be crazy to think about. And here's the thing, too. A lot of cities now have civilian oversight use of force boards. Like, regular people, or you know, educated people, who over, who get these use of force reports, and they, they, they review them, right? But they often don't do anything. Because once they've made their decision, the department has to actually enforce anything. And they just don't! They don't have to. They're not required to. And also, once you get a report of use of force... That has already happened. Yeah. They already used the force on somebody. What you need, what we need to do is find a, a system where they don't fucking do that. Yeah. That's what you need. If you if you send me a letter that says, hey, they uh, strangled this guy in his house, what should we do? I mean, I can't help the guy anymore. He's dead. What do you want me to do? Don't strangle people. That should be in the fucking rule book. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's not, though. So what do you want a civilian oversight committee to do about it? And the problem is, you can't enforce any decisions because you gave the cops the gun, and you gave them the monopoly on force. So if yeah. you say, hey buddy, you gotta go to jail for doing something bad, and the cop is like, I'm not going anywhere, and all his cop buddies are refusing to arrest him, what do you do? You've lost control of the situation. Yeah. And you always have. But speaking of, of strangling, after George Floyd was killed... There was a uh, a town, I believe, somewhere in Iowa, that fast tracked a new law through city council to ban chokeholds in the police. Right to to make sure that won't happen. You can't mm -hmm. it, you can't restrict someone's airflow? And they celebrated. Oh, great! We did it, we did a great big thing. But then someone looked at the text of the law after it had been passed, and they said, "But it still says right here, if the officer deems it necessary, it's okay." Yeah, which is what's happening now, anyway. Is an officer ever going to say, yeah, I shouldn't have used a chokehold and killed that guy. You got me. Take me away. Exactly. Fuck no. It's just like we've given them all the power. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, they, the cops are not Hank Hill. They're not going to be like, all right, where's the button? Turn me in. They're, right. not, they're not that person. Um, and yeah, it's like, I mean, like I said, people want all these different reforms sure you can make police officers get more educated i mean one of the one of the options is to license them and make the education basically make them get as much education as like a doctor would which i mean it, it sounds like a plan but then you get into the problem which kind of already already happens with police officers and it's the same problem doctors have where the only people who can afford to be doctors are the people who are the sons and daughters people who are already doctors right so then you just create police families which there already are but you'll just create rich police families i guess and they'll just control everything mm -hmm. so it's like education isn't 
the answer. Sure, I do think if we're going to have a police force like we do now, they do need to be more educated. I'm not going to mm-hmm. disagree on that. But just educating them and making them do more work and pay more money and paying them more, which is also a weird idea, um, it's not the solution. It's, it, is, it is barely even a Band-Aid. Here's how you fix the police. You provide uh, housing, food, water, health care, education, uh, medical care to everyone in America yeah. uh, as, a, as a baseline. And then we just see how much crime plummets. Yeah, then you just abolish the police force. And then the police, as they would exist, would be a largely unarmed force of people who are there to mediate things that are like social workers. And there will still need to be some form of armed officers who enforce the law, but they should not be driving around in cruisers everywhere all the time. They are called in very specific circumstances. They are basically the SWAT team, right? That's what you do. Like, this is what SWAT team was individually supposed to be. That got kind of lost in the, in the mix. And that's what you would have. If you need to forcibly arrest someone, then you call these guys. But they should not be out in a cruiser all day with a gun on their hip doing what the fuck they want. And you have detectives as, a, as another force that solves crimes after the fact, when they happen. They don't have to be guys, again, who, who have guns and can murder indiscriminately. It's not necessary. You have these, these agencies, these bureaus of people split up. So you don't have this unity. You don't have beat cops and detectives and the SWAT team all together thinking that they're all part of the same group. They are separate. That's how you fix it. You fix society first, and you, then crime will go down on its own. Oh, and I'll go ahead and give you one solution you can implement right now. Abolish the... I mean, the term we all use is rent-a-cop, but the pseudo-police officer. Abolish that shit right now. Because we don't even we don't even fucking talk about the fact that George Zimmerman was just a neighborhood watch guy for a gated community. He's he was not even a law enforcement officer. He didn't even do that much work to become a police officer, and he got away with murdering a person. So all these rental cops, all these fucking fake police officers and security guards who don't who don't have any real power, but for for some reason some of them get guns. That shit's done. That is over. Yeah. And then from there, we fix the rest of society because, I mean, it, it, every day I think about, every day I think about Trayvon Martin. Probably every fucking day I think about that kid and what fucking happened to him. How he fucking, as, as in um, Dave Chappelle's words, he beat George Zimmerman's monkey ass and then got shot for it. For doing nothing wrong. He was a 15-year-old kid who was trailed by an old, a, a fucking grown man and then mm-hmm. murdered for doing nothing. And now that man, George Zimmerman, gets to fuck... He, 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 he autographed shit and sold it on the internet. And he will pay like thousands of dollars for it. With this guy who's just a murderer. Yeah. And we don't fucking talk about it. It's a so racist yeah. scumbag. Exactly. Just a fucking racist idiot who got to... Without even... Getting to be a police officer, got to murder someone and get away with it, and is now. I think now actually he's in prison for something else, right? I think yeah, he, I think I he think, beat his wife or something like that. Yeah, obviously, not no surprise. Um, and yeah, but for uh, up until then was a free man. Yeah. So we got to get rid of that shit too. And I will say there is one thing, one last thing I have to say about this, and it's have you ever heard Seth? And I'm going to say this wait this word wrong. Uh, Debothification. No. Uh, so in Iraq, before we invaded, the Ba'ath Party was the biggest political party. They were Saddam Hussein's uh, uh, party. They controlled mm-hmm. the, the government, basically. 
Well, once we invaded and we toppled their government, we expelled every Ba'ath member from the parliament. We banned them from ever participating in government again. And that includes a shitload of police officers and, and military officers. And what happened was every single member of the Ba'ath party said, fuck you, and started their own insurgent rebel groups. And we got the fucking war we have today. And I think that when we do decopify America, we're going to have the same problem because we have 700,000 people who have basic weapons training and a, a knowledge of how to organize very quickly. And the question becomes, what do we do with these people who have been conditioned to murder at the slightest provocation? And it's worrisome, you know? It's like, what? It's going to be a problem. We're going to have our own depopification problem here right in America. If we if we do win, <laughs> which we hopefully will, yeah, we're gonna have a big a big issue there. It's true. It's true. Oh, one more thing, an update on something we didn't really talk about last time is the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Uh, it's interesting. It's a mixed bag of different things, sort of, but it is definitely causing the right wing to get really pissed off. Mm -hmm. uh, Fox News had a Chiron that said U.S. Chaz border, which was very funny. Which means we've just denationalized it, or what do you yeah. call it when you get? Well, you're legitimizing them. You're you're yeah. acknowledging what they are. Yeah. And they kept photoshopping the same guy with the same gun into various pictures to like say that they were like guns all over the Chaz, or whatever. But now they're infiltrators inside the Chaz who are trying to do shit. And the big thing that's so stupid is they're trying to rename it to Chop to Capitol Hill Occupied Protest because these fuckers love their Occupy, man. They love yeah. Occupy because what happened to Occupy? It fucking failed. Yeah. It got crushed. So they want to they change it back to that. Uh, I mean, if, they, if they change it to the Chop, they, it could actually be called the Chapo Trap House. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might actually work in their favor. The Chapo, yeah, the Chapo Trap House is where we all go to get trapped by the cops. Yep. <laughs> eventually. Um... But yeah, so long live Chaz, fuck Chop, yep. fuck Infiltrators. Uh, that's all I got, man. Yeah, Anything else for tapped. you? I'm fucking tapped. I went off there for a bit. Mm. Alright, man. Well, this has been the Illennials Podcast. I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Letterboxd at Knazeras. K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. What'd you last review? Uh, yesterday I did, I watched Mamma Mia for the first time, never seen that movie, and then The King of Staten Island. I liked both of them. Mamma Mia was great. I've never seen it before, and I just thought it was fun as hell. You like King of Staten Island? Yeah, it's pretty good. I saw the trailer. A little too long. And I thought, man, can I watch an entire movie of Pete Davidson? I don't know. Maybe not. It, it gets to that point sometimes, but there, there are good, there's good performances by Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr. Um, which are, which is, is really good, but yeah, I was like the movie is almost two and a half hours long. Are you serious, really? Yeah, and I going into it, I was for some reason I had just convinced myself that it was like an hour and forty five minutes. So I was like, okay, this would be a, a fun little watch, but no, it was very it, it it really took its time with some stuff, but I don't know it it was a it was an enjoyable overall. But I do think that for a movie of that magnitude, they could have cut about a good twenty thirty minutes out of it. Jesus, a comedy is two and a half hours long. Get out of here. Uh, our art was done by Marcus Barkley. You can find him on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. 
uh, Arthur Gonzalez. I'm by Ben Powell. He's been on the show before, especially our movie reviews. He has his own podcast called The Southern Smack, uh, where they talk about wrestling, and they're both from the South. But that sounds interesting. Go check it out. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it under it. Fuck everything. <laughs> like, fuck so much. I don't, I, can't, I don't have a list right now. Just fuck so much stuff that's going on right now. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the end of this podcast, baby. We're out. Out.